Hey, Katie. Hey, Ben. So I want to tell you about this new show I found, right? Okay. Okay, it's really good. I'm a big TV watcher. I'm not a big TV watcher, but yeah. I might I might watch it if it's a good show. Okay, let me tell you about it. So it's about this guy, and he's a high school social studies teacher. So he's teaching about okay. how to do... There's this unit on like survey design, right? And, well, surveys are pretty hard, and so you have to do a lot of work to get the surveys right. But anyway, twist... It turns out he has cancer, and then he turns into a drug dealer, and that's actually what the show is about, right? Anyway, it's really good, and it's called Raking Bad. You should check. No, it out. I was gonna say that show sounds Raking Bad, <laughs> um, but I don't know why I'm saying the word raking here. Well, that's what we're gonna talk about. Uh, okay, you are listening to Linear Digressions. I gotta say, Katie, you you like ninety percent pulled that off. I didn't think I could pull that one off the pun oh yeah oh sure here's i was because my second mine twist was, here i've never actually seen that show but go on yes oh, <laughs> neither have i so we're just a bunch of idiots talking about a television show we've never seen but um i uh mine was we're raking in the listen listener suggestions oh yeah and that's weak you said it was too weak yeah we have higher standards than that yeah we gotta be more <laughs> elaborate so what anyway. so okay first of all this was a listener suggestion this was, yeah. So this uh, came to us from uh, Rajesh Kord. So as always, thank you very much. Uh, and it's a general question about how you handle complex survey data. And there are entire libraries of books written on the subject, most of which I am would not call myself an expert in. Uh, but we'll talk a little bit today about survey raking. And that was the origin of the pun. Uh, and, and sort of like what that is and why you would want to do that. So with surveys, isn't one of the biggest problems that the quality of the data is very low because uh, it's it's very noisy because it's a bunch of humans kind of giving their opinions and they might be having good days or bad days or, or whatnot? Oh, boy, oh, boy. There's all kinds of reasons that the data can be bad. Jeez, <laughs> oh, what's a non-exhaustive list? So the first thing, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kind of speaking off the cuff here, but what are some of the ones that I'm familiar with? So the first one is that the people who take surveys are a little bit weird uh they're not like the general population they tend right to you can't just say like okay i've got i've chosen a thousand random people in the population i'm gonna go and knock on their door and force them to take a survey like a lot of them are not going to answer uh totally right and then the ones who do answer usually the way that you get them to take the survey is you pay them some amount of money to take it um but they don't really have an incentive necessarily to answer it in a way that's particularly truthful or helpful to you. So one of the things mm. that you see very often in survey data is somebody who just goes through and clicks like A, 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 and then you get garbage out. So that's another data quality problem that you can have. Uh, very often, the non-response bias that you get, we're kind of, the first thing we talked about is how it's hard to get certain people to answer your survey. Very often, those people can sometimes hold different opinions than the ones that, you know, are held by the people that you get, that you get them on the phone. So the most famous case of this is probably how a lot of those election predictions went wrong in 2016, right. because the people that they weren't talking to were systematically Trump supporters in just a way that people were blind to. They didn't know they weren't talking to people who held different opinions than the people they were talking to, right? Yeah, that's kind of a you don't know what you don't know problem. Because mm -hmm. you don't know the, the populations that you're accidentally leaving out. That's right. 
And then even for people who are engaged with your survey, they're the people that you do want to be talking to, they're trying their best to answer truthfully, uh, the survey design itself can really change the outcome that you have. So a very simple example is that when you do something like, I remember when I was uh, in high school and I had to, for my government class, I had to go volunteer for a political campaign doing whatever for 10 hours or something. So I spent some time phone banking and the particular kind of phone banking I was doing was you're supposed to call people and ask them who they were going to vote for. So it was, it was kind of like polling, but, um, for one of the campaigns. Anyway, one of the things that they taught me was you're supposed to randomly or like every other flip the order in which you give the candidates because Mm. there's biases. People tend to just say, the first thing that you, the first option that you give them, or they'll just say the last option that you give them. And so to try to cancel out some of those effects, you, you randomize the options that you give people. So things like that are in the survey design itself. You need to be cognizant of when you're fielding the survey that can also mess up your data. And there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. Right. So then uh, I guess what is survey raking and how does it help? Right. So survey raking is one of the ways that you can deal with uh, sort of a a type of reweighting that you might want to do with your survey after you've taken it. So let's imagine that you have a a survey and you want it to look like the general population of the United States. So for the purposes of argumentation, I don't know that this is technically correct, but let's say that the population of the United States is 50% male and 50% female. And let's say that it's 50% under the age of 30 and 50% over the age of 30. No idea if if those numbers happen Mm. to be correct. Mm -hmm. Um, But the survey uh, answers that you get back, you want to have those proportions to them in order for- Oh, interesting. Yeah, to like represent the population that you want. So does that mean, so if you you get all of your survey results back and let's say for whatever reason, Uh, women were more likely to take the time to answer your survey than men are. And so you end up with like 58% women and 42% men. Uh, You would reweight along that axis. And then you would look at the age uh, distribution. And then you would do the same thing. You would reweight along that axis to, to be representative of the statistics that you know about the population of the United States in this case. Yeah, I mean, that's basically it. You basically just described what survey raking does. So, Oh, nice. Yeah, so there are a few things about this, though, to make it a little bit more concrete. Um, right, so one of the things that's, if you just need to reweight in one dimension, the reweighting can sometimes be pretty straightforward. So if it's something like we only care about having gender balance, let's say, then you take the number of female responses that you have and you downweight each of those by a number that gets you to, uh, you know, kind of 50% when you apply the weight times each one of those responses. And then you're going to upweight the male ones if, if that's what gets you to 50%. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. Um, wouldn't you, couldn't you run into problems if you had multiple dimensions that you're, that you're, um, trying to reweight against? but those dimensions are not entirely mutually exclusive. Yes, so that's exactly where we're going, is that once you start to introduce multiple different constraints that you want to try to meet, um, you can't have, what we're trying to do is we're trying to 
come up with a single weight for each one of our survey responses so that then when we do something like we ask people in the survey, let's say whether they like hot dogs or hamburgers better, we only want to come up with one top line answer of like how popular are hot dogs relative to hamburgers. So you can't come up with multiple weights for each answer depending on which demographic variable, let's say, you want to be waiting to. You have to, you, you only are coming up with one set of weights, right? Mm. So you have but, to reconcile both of those yeah, or they need however to be, many of those there are. Yeah, they need to be weights that are, as much as they can, accommodating of all the different constraints that you care about. And there might be more than one of them, and they might be kind of mutually exclusive in the sense that there's no set of weights that exactly matches all of them. And so raking is one of the kind of a procedure that you can go through to try to find probably not a perfect set of weights, but to define for yourself a set of weights that would be good enough and, and to try to find them. So is, is the, the metaphor that's in my head, and, and maybe, this, maybe this doesn't make sense, you can tell me, um, is when you're raking, you're kind of going over something multiple times and maybe, in, maybe potentially from different angles or something like that. And you kind of, the more you go back and forth over it, the more you kind of smooth out or average out to, I guess in this case, a weight that would be kind of representative of all of the things that you care about, even if it's not perfect for any one of them. Yeah, so the way that the raking algorithm proceeds, as near as I can understand it, and again, I'm, I'm not a huge expert here, but let's say you have two dimensions that you want to wait along. So we talked about how it's fairly straightforward to come up with a set of weights if you only have one dimension that you care about. So you go through and you kind of get the one dimension sorted out by making a first pass at what the weights should be. Then you take those weights and you look at the at the second dimension and you say, okay, if I have my I have a reweighted I have my original sample, I have reweighted it along dimension 1. Now I have my reweighted sample. I'm going to reweight it again along dimension two, and that's going to suggest sort of a, a separate distribution. Now I have my doubly reweighted sample. I'm going to try to reweight it again along the first dimension. So you're kind of flipping uh, back and forth right. between the two of them, and hopefully in a way that the adjustments that you're making to the weights each time might be moving it a little bit further away uh, in some cases but hopefully in a way that like moves it closer in the other cases. So you're looking for something that, again, is probably not going to totally nail it for both dimensions at the same time, but comes to kind of a local optimum that's a nice compromise. And so that's the name of the game with survey raking is kind of iterating through that back and forth, back and forth, back and forth until you come up with something that's kind of a good enough compromise. You have something that seems like it's converging on an answer that seems as good as it's going to get. And then those are the weights that you use. So I guess, and metaphors, of course, are always imperfect. Um, but I have this image in my head of, uh, so when you're raking leaves, you're trying to get rid of all the leaves. And that's a really, that's a pretty simple problem, right? Um, but in this case, we're not trying to just remove something from something else. So I almost imagine it more like you've got, uh, like, you know, those rock gardens or those sand gardens. That was exactly or, or what I was going to say. Yeah. Right. Right. So you've got this, um, this sand pit or something. And uh, let's say that your three axes are, you want everything to be really nice and flat 
on the in the x-axis if you're looking at it from above and then you the second axis is you want everything to be really flat from the y-axis if you're looking at it from above and it turns out both of those you can do both of those right they're not really conflicting with each other in any way and then maybe the third axis and this is this is maybe where the metaphor is a little bit awkward but maybe you want a stripe going like diagonally or something uh, maybe going high to low from one corner to the other corner of the sandpit. And these are your three dimensions that you're kind of trying to optimize for using your rake or something, right? And so what you do is you try to make everything flat in the X dimension and you get it you get it pretty darn flat. And then you try to make it flat in the Y dimension and you get it pretty darn flat. And then you try to make that ridge and you can make that ridge. But now your first uh, your first dimension you're not really optimized properly for. So you do it all again. And rather than just totally obliterating the ridge, you kind of go in between. You know, you nudge some of the sand this way and some of the sand that way. And you do that for the X and for the Y. And then you do it for the ridge again. And you could keep going over and over and over again with um, less and less of an effect and a lighter and lighter touch. And ultimately, what you would probably get is something that looks like an average of whatever X is and whatever Y is and whatever um, uh, Z or the ridge is, right? Um, and you're gonna get this shape, which is pretty flat on the X direction and the Y direction, but also has some sort of a ridge in this one particular dimension. So I don't know, that's kind of my imperfect metaphor for uh, for like visually imagining this. Um, yeah, I don't know. Does that does that make sense to you? I think it roughly does, but it's not perfect. But yeah, I think it's close enough. I mean, again, I think that was <laughs> the original. Uh, it's the origin of the name survey raking in the first place. So you can't be too far off, right? I would much rather use a shovel for that job, though. Yeah, and I think that one thing that your metaphor <laughs> points out that my explanation didn't that's important is that very often you might be raking in more than two dimensions, right? And so this can get pretty complicated if you have three or four or maybe more dimensions that you care about. Uh, and so if you actually wanna do this in practice, there's packages, the one that I'm familiar with, or not familiar with, but the one that I'm aware of is is in R because a lot of uh, you know statisticians and social scientists, R is their language of choice, um, where people have actually yeah gone through and really, um, really put some effort into solving this. So it's a, it's a tricky thing to do. Um, and you probably want to use somebody else's implementation of it, but, um, you know, in general, yeah. it's a, a pretty common problem that you might want to solve. So raking is one of the, one of the ways that you can kind of do that ex post weighting on your surveys. Yeah. Pirates like programming in R2. Um, I, <laughs> I can never, I can never pass that one up. Uh, the, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but yeah, when you were giving the original example of uh, you want survey data that looks like the population of the United States, and you were saying, okay, age and gender, I thought like, God, I mean, you know, th those are those are two important dimensions. But like, if you're trying to simulate a population of a country, like there's, there are a lot of dimensions that you might want to look at there. Sure. And of course, I mean, this this was maybe obvious to everyone all along, but it's not just for the general population of a country. You can reweight hypothetically. Well, I mean, this isn't quite true, but, you know, almost any distribution to almost any other distribution. You can't wait your way out of certain problems. Like if you don't, if you literally don't have anybody who answered your survey, who has particular demographic characteristics, then mm. that can sometimes be like pretty tricky. Um 
so usually you have to have at least a little bit of something to work with and then just rebalance it. But uh, right. yeah, you know, very often your survey population is weird and then the the population that you care about is probably kind of weird too. And so, um, you know, raking from point A to point B, whatever those are, uh, yeah, can be one of the solutions. Nice. I think that wraps up this episode. Um, can I find Raking Bad on Netflix? Uh, I kind of want to watch it now. <laughs> uh, or the, you know what's, oh, you know what's really good? Uh, I've been watching a lot of the Unrakeable Kimmy Schmidt lately. Excellent, excellent <laughs> oh, show. Oh, no, I didn't even see that one coming. That just hit me on the, oh. Bam! Linear Digressions is a creative commons endeavor, which means you can share or use it any way you like. Just tell them we said hi. To find out more about this or any other episode of Linear Digressions, go to LinearDigressions.com. And if you like this podcast, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes so other people get to listen to this content too. You can always get in touch with either of us. Our emails are ben at LinearDigressions.com and katie at LinearDigressions.com in case you have comments or suggestions for future shows. You can tweet us at Lynn Digressions. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time.